Greetings, everyone. This is Anna Jones, and you are listening to my All in Sacred Time podcast. All in Sacred Time podcast is posted for free on iTunes every month, as well as on my website, AnnaJonesOnline.com. And this podcast is designed to give deeper meaning to your life by helping you to better understand and consciously align with the cosmological and sacred energies affecting and influencing your daily life. So I publish this on the new moon of every month because we begin a new cycle of sacred time or natural time on the new moons of each month. So the word moon or month, uh, they are connected with one another. The word month comes from moon or moon cycle. Uh, So sometimes this is even referred to as a moonth. And I'm going to be sharing with you some information about this uh, new moon for March of 2014 and several other things coming up in the month or month of March um, and that is going to be uh, sacred or related to sacred time, natural time, uh, earth time, cosmological time, all of those uh, are what I focus on during this podcast. So let me begin first with the new moon. Uh, The new moon is uh, in the astrological sign of Pisces in the Western astrology system or the Western or tropical astrology system. Um, It is a Pisces new moon on March the 1st, uh, the day that this podcast gets released. So March the 1st, 2014, uh, Western astrology new moon is happening and it is happening in Pisces according to Western astrology. And uh, the Pisces energy that we're going to be experiencing from this uh, is a watery energy uh, that will be um, helping us on the emotional level and also helping us to dive deep. The new moon is already a time of introspection, um, interreflection, uh, and going within. Also a time for setting new intentions and uh, beginning to focus on the new that we're wanting to bring into our life over the next cycle. Uh, So that's the new moon in general. And then when you add to that the Pisces energy, it really aligns uh, well with new moon and Pisces energy and and allowing us to go even deeper. and to imagine and to use our creative imagination and to use our intuition for uh, as well as intention. So I'm encouraging everyone at the new moon in Pisces on March the 1st, 2014, to just uh, take some time for either meditation or prayer, uh, ceremony, ritual, all of them combined, of course, is always the best. Uh, but just take some time either to uh, set some intentions or, like I said, uh, to do some visioning work, some imagination. Uh, focus on your intuition and uh, d- dive a little deeper. Dive a little deeper into the things that you're uh, trying to maybe create and invite and welcome into your life over this next cycle. 
cycle, as well as dive a little deeper into uh, spiritual practice at this time in order to get the full benefits of that um, Pisces energy that is uh, affecting uh, and that we're feeling during the time of the new moon. So um, we've been uh, in a, uh, we've been coming out of a retrograde cycle for Mercury, and uh, it's finally complete um, during the month of February, three weeks out of that month of February was uh, Mercury retrograde. And I know that it was personally experiencing me a lot and several other people that I know. Um, so I'm always very happy when Mercury retrograde uh, is complete. And so this was, um, this is the completion of it. Actually, yesterday uh, is the completion of it. And I'm recording this uh, the day before the new moon. So uh, we're, the new moon brings this whole new energy. So Mercury has gone uh, what's called direct. And um, also during the month of March, Jupiter will be going direct as well which has been in retrograde for a much longer period of time. So both of those combined, Mercury going direct, Jupiter going direct, is going to make things feel like they're moving a little more fluidly, um, feel like some of those uh, complications that were happening, and maybe even things that have been blocking the flow of abundance um, and uh, expansion in our lives may get moving again as well. Uh, however, there is another planet that will be going retrograde during the month of March, and will actually be going retrograde on March the 1st, and that is Mars. Um, I personally uh, do not ever see retrogrades as a bad thing or like to communicate with them in, about them in any such way. Um, I always feel like they do bring us tests, they do bring us challenges, and depending upon which planet is going retrograde can, of course, uh, tell us which um, where we're going to be challenged. Um, the energies of Mars uh, affect us very much uh, when it has to do with um, the initiation, the new beginnings, and the warrior energy, actually, uh, initiating things, new beginnings. So that's similar to Mercury, although it won't be as, um, I think, the same, affecting us the same as a Mercury retrograde does. Um, however, the warrior energy, personally, I think a uh, retrograde could work one of two ways of the Mars energy and the war warrior energy. It could um, allow for an opportunity for that energy to kind of weaken and um, if we're using that energy in a good way and we're using the warrior energy within us uh, the fiery Mars warrior energy within us uh, if we use that in a good way and we use that to get things done then we may feel a weakening of that um, but if we're using that warrior energy and that fire energy and it comes out of us in a uh, harmful way or a hurtful way through anger or aggression or things like that uh, that's more the suppressed energy of that um, or the shadow side of that, then that may get stronger. So um, it's something to be aware of and to be conscientious of um, if you're finding yourself get angry more easily, more frustrated uh, more easily, that type of thing that um, the Mars energy and the retrograde energy may be affecting you that way. And it's uh, going to be retrograde um, for quite a while, actually. I'll be uh, speaking about it more at length um, next month, but it'll be for uh, a few weeks that it's going to be retrograde. So, But it starts March the 1st. Uh, however, the, the positive thing that I'm saying is that if we're able to use that energy 
the warrior energy in a good way, uh, then it may be that some of that um, retrograde energy could help us soften that warrior energy and uh, just kind of redirect it and use it in a new way. Uh, and that's what I always like to say about Mars retrograde is it kind of challenges us to use the warrior energy in a positive and new way and to soften it and to um, add to it maybe it's 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 powerful masculine warrior energy Mars energy is so maybe soften and balance ourselves with the feminine energy during the time that Mars is retrograde so those are the two things that the month is starting off with um, the new moon and the Mars uh, retrograde uh, but then there's other things that I want to talk about uh, and share with you all today in regards to sacred time during the moon cycle of uh, that we're calling the calendar time of March okay um, so from new moon to new moon uh, March 1st uh, this being the new moon for the beginning of March and there will be another new moon happening in March on the 30th actually so we'll begin a new moon cycle at the end of March on March the 30th so in between that time in addition to Mars retrograde we have the uh, full moon that is happening. I'm going to stick to things happening astronomically, astrologically, and cosmologically first, and then go back and share a few other things that are happening within um, sacred calendars of the world religions. So, but in in, in alignment with uh, cosmological um, and astronomical influences affecting us, uh, there will be uh, the full moon that will be coming up, and uh, the full moon of the month of March. Uh, is happening and again it depends on what part of the world that you're in uh, certain parts of the world it'll be March 15th other parts of the world will be March 16th most calendars are publishing and is happening and occurring on March the 16th for those of us who live here in the United States which is where I'm recording this podcast from so uh, this particular full moon that is coming uh, it is the, um, the, the, the old name for it uh, coming from some of the Native American cultures and the Native American tribes are the worm moon or the sap moon um, because the sap begins to begins to be triggered by the full moon of um, of this season so uh, the full moon coming up starts to trigger the sap in the trees and starts to trigger the movement of that and trigger the uh, movement of the awakening in the insect kingdom as well so the saps in the trees and the insects begin its slow movement um, and gradual reawakening uh, to feel the incoming spring energies and it really is the first full moon that brings in the um, initiation of the incoming spring energies and this particular full moon again in western astrology is um, occurring in Virgo so we'll be feeling energetic effects of the full moon being uh, a Virgo full moon so um, the, the the groundedness of it uh, is one of the things that strikes me whenever I think of Virgo uh, and um, the the connection to uh, the, the earth um, so in general this full moon has a triggering awakening effect uh, for bringing in the spring energies uh, uh, every year um, but the with it occurring um, and having the energies of Virgo associated with it um, it I think it has a very grounding uh, earth connecting and uh, will have a, a strong earthly connection for us uh, there are some 
um, interesting uh, sacred uh, events happening in the world religions at this particular full moon and um, there are two uh, the the Jewish celebration which is actually a very festive uh, celebration um, honoring the the story of how the Jewish people were saved um, the celebration is called Purim and uh, it's how the Jewish people were saved uh, during the uh, the time in which they were under the, the Persians and it's the story that is told in the book of Esther and so it's a very festive um, sacred celebration of Purim that is celebrated in the Jewish calendar in the Hebrew calendar this coming full moon um, that is the full moon uh, during this moon cycle and uh, then also in addition to that sacred day in the Jewish calendar the, in, the, um, in the Hindu calendar there is a sacred day associated with the full moon on March the 16th as well and that is called Gora Purnima and Gora Purnima is uh, celebrated amongst the, the largest group in Hinduism uh, there are three main branches in Hinduism and the largest group are the Vaishnava, uh, Vaishnava branch. And the Vaish amongst the Vaishnavas, there are those who are the Gaudiya Vaishnavas. And those are the ones that um, are, will be celebrating this the most in Hinduism. It is uh, the auspicious uh, appearance of the Mahaprabhu or Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And this is an avatar, a divine avatar, that um, came in order to release the the storehouse of love uh, and uh, 500 plus years ago uh, is when this celebration began is when this uh, divine appearance manifestation of this avatar came and uh, it's very special uh, I find that it is very powerful it is very special and um, the Gora Purnima moon is a great time for advancing the energies of the uh, the new golden age uh, it, would, it was also considered uh, the the appearance the appearance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu um, was the beginning of a golden age within the Iron Age, um, and so the um, the Iron Age has been continuing for a very long time within the Vedic calendar. We've been in a very long cycle of an Iron Age, but uh, 500 years ago began an initiation of uh, a Golden Age uh, within the Iron Age. And every time I feel that this particular moon, and it's always uh, the same moon cycle every, the same full moon every year, uh, doesn't fall on the same date as not always on March the 16th. It's always the same full moon um, in, in the moon, lunar calendar system. So every time I feel that this, this full moon comes, I feel like it's a, another level, another step forward in the advancement of the golden age that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to kind of usher in and was a sign and symbol of beginning as well as the you know uh, the, the presence and power behind initiating so um, the golden age uh, within this age is advancing and uh, it will continue to advance and uh, it's a good time to honor that and uh, on this full moon and to um, set intentions align your intentions 
uh, to work with the universal forces and the universal powers as well as the work with the divine um, in order to uh, align ourselves with being instruments for uh, conduits for that golden age to happen in our lives as well as happen here on the earth and happen through us uh, so that's a very powerful thing and special thing that I will be celebrating uh, and doing on March the 16th uh, this full moon coming up in Virgo that I've been speaking of and um, the exciting thing that everybody is looking forward to and um, I'm I'm very excited about the full moon and, and Gora Purnima uh, but I'm also always uh, very excited as everybody else is even though I live in Hawaii and I haven't been experiencing the heavy harsh winters that everybody else has been experiencing I am very excited about the upcoming spring equinox and I always get excited about it. Um, so the big event uh, in sacred time for um, as far as the cosmological and astronomical things happening and occurring um, is the spring equinox that is happening on March the 20th um, and it is occurring at 1257 uh, p.m. Uh, Eastern uh, daylight time, um, Eastern Daylight Time at 12.57 p.m. on March the 20th. And I know for many people in the Northern Hemisphere, uh, it, it's, it's the spring equinox in the Northern Hemisphere, the fall equinox in the Southern Hemisphere, um, but I'm orienting this program for those like myself who are in the Northern Hemisphere. So, but for um, many, many that I know uh, who have been experiencing the uh, harshness of this particular winter, Spring will be celebrated, I think, even a little bit more than usual uh, this year. And um, I think many people that I know uh, back on the mainland, because I, I'm recording this in Hawaii where I live and have my Center for Holistic Arts here, uh, um, many people that I know back on the mainland have just been having such a difficult time for this uh, harsh winter, just one snowstorm after another, one uh, freezing, record-breaking, freezing cold, etc. that uh, spring fever is definitely in the air. Uh, but I find that even for those of us who have warmer weather, um, even since I've been living in Hawaii for the last 11 years, I still experience spring fever, but it's not the same. It's not just uh, it's not it's not just a longing for warmer weather. It's a longing for uh, a shift in energy and for the new energy. We start to really feel uh, that the, um, the the waxing energy of the sun, that the sun is getting stronger, um, and that the the light from the sun and, and in the northern hemisphere during the time the spring equinox begins to get stronger because what happens during the equinox is um, that the, uh, the the days really start to get noticeably longer uh, even though they've been getting longer ever since the winter solstice you really start to feel that and you really start to feel the warming of the earth uh, so the spring equinox and the spring fever uh, for those who have spring fever I found a very nice little Mark Twain uh, quote that I wanted to share with everybody and read. Uh, so this is a, a, a quote from Mark, Train, Mark, Mark Twain. Excuse me. It's spring fever. That is what the name of it is. And when you've got it, you want, oh, you don't quite know what it is that you want, but it just fairly makes your heart ache. You want it so. 
So that's Mark Twain's little quote on spring fever. And like I said, you don't always know what it is that you want. It's something more than just the uh, arrival of warmer weather. It's um, you know a, a, a real deeper thing within you that uh, you feel like you need a shift in energy. Um, and then um, there's a, another quote that I found that I wanted to share with everyone. And this one is from um, Thomas Blackburn. Uh, and this one is, um, I, I like it a lot uh, because it is, uh, I think it would be a good thing to even say uh, on the spring equinox. Um, you know, to or before it, uh, like now on this new moon, is when it, why I wanted to share it to even just call, help to call it in, right? So help to call in those new energies. Um, but here's the here's the quote that I wanted to share with everybody from Thomas Blackburn: "Awake, thou wintry earth, fling off thy sadness, fair vernal flowers, laugh forth your ancient gladness." By Thomas Blackburn. So that is um, us calling to the earth and asking for the earth to awaken and for the flowers, uh, the vernal flowers, uh, to laugh forth in great gladness. Uh, so that kind of, I think that quote embraces the, the mood that we have now of experiencing the spring fever, wanting the new energies, wanting the, the shifting uh, of the tide, so to speak. Um, a spring tide has been coming in and uh, it has been coming in since uh, in bulk since February 1st and it become, begins to peak uh, at the spring equinox. So getting back to what the spring equinox uh, is, exactly what is an equinox, the word equinox is, uh, comes from uh, two root words, uh, equal and night. Uh, equi is equal and then nox is night. Uh, equal night. And it's roughly, it's not exactly, it's roughly uh, equal day and equal night. Um, and the uh, energies are an energy of balance. Uh, equal day, equal night uh, brings the yin and yang balance, the balance of the polarities, the balance of opposites. Okay, uh, so it's also a time. Another reason why I think everybody loves it so much, uh, particularly the spring equinox, because it has that spring energy of newness and new life and new vitality and freshness and uh, advancement and all the things that we really love and uh, admire in our, in our culture and that brings us uh, a renewed sense of enthusiasm and vitality is the spring energy and then the equinox um, of the equalness and the balance. Uh, so I think that's one of the reasons why out of all, I'd say um, out of all of the solstices and the equinoxes, the four that occur throughout the year, I think the one that people get the most excited about, uh, for at least people that I know and that I connect with, is the spring equinox and the summer solstice um, because of those energies and how we uh, thrive on them so much and we uh, welcome them so much into our lives. So uh, we'll get a chance to welcome spring and all the newness that it has to bring. And the spring equinox is a time of uh, renewal and rebirth, and um, every equinox and solstice is a 
the perfect time to do spiritual practices. Um, I would uh, highly encourage people to do um, prayer, meditation, ceremony, ritual uh, of some kind on the spring equinox on March the 20th. Uh, Not that those spiritual practices shouldn't be a uh, part of your daily life uh, routinely uh, happening and occurring, but in case you're not practicing spiritual practices on a regular basis, uh, these sacred times are times that are really important for us to align ourselves so that we're moving and flowing and living our lives um, in alignment with the forces of the energies around us. Uh, When we're not uh, is when we get really out of balance and we feel as if things in our life is very, very hectic and very, very difficult. So use spiritual practices at sacred times and, of course, on a regular daily basis. And um, if you're already doing spiritual practices on a daily basis, then... um, know that it's a good time on these special sacred times, especially um, on, you know, new moons, full moons, uh, equinoxes, solstices. It's a good time to change that up, to add something, to do something even more, a little bit special, perhaps. Do your do your regular spiritual practice that you've been in the uh, routine of doing, but also to um, add in uh, new things uh, that uh, make it special and maybe significant. Uh, for example, creating an Culture for spring uh, is something that I would recommend uh, for people. If you don't already have a sacred space in your home, then creating a sacred space, uh, it could be just something like a windowsill or um, a bookshelf. Uh, It could be something as simple as the top of a dresser. Uh, It really doesn't have to be its own separate table, although uh, that's always uh, preferred. but uh, anything, as long as you create some kind of sacred space in your home, could be turned into an altar. And so on your spring altar, you could put things all associated with spring. And you could do that even now. As I said, this new moon starts to uh, take the spring energies and bring them even more in, right? Spring tide began to shift and start to slowly, it's been slowly coming in since February 1st. And then this full moon coming up helps bring that in even more. And then the equinox is like spring. Spring has sprung. Uh, spring has arrived. Uh, spring is in, in, in full springing um, at the at the time of the uh, the equinox. So. The uh, altar that I would suggest making would be to uh, put things on it that um, are related to, again, intentions, uh, things that you're working on, healing or manifesting or creating, um, you know, things that are maybe coming into fruition uh, during this time period, uh, something symbolic on the altar that might represent that or something, you know, written on the altar that might represent that, as well as items pertaining to spring. Um, the uh, in, in, in ancient times, uh, the spring equinox has been a high celebration. Um, in fact, in some ancient calendar systems, it's actually considered to be the new year. <laughs> so this is actually the last of all the new years. Uh, some, I, I've been uh, kind of joking about this with some of my friends because some people consider the new year in their ancient calendar systems to be the winter solstice. And then, of course, in our Gregorian calendar system, 
system. We celebrate the new year on the uh, January the 1st in our Gregorian calendar. And then uh, last uh, podcast, I was talking about the Lunar New Year and how that's the new year for certain cultures, like the Chinese New Year celebrates on the Lunar New Year. And then there are other cultures in ancient times that celebrated the spring equinox as the new year because of it uh, bringing in that new life. And also because of it being um, the uh, the end of the sun's journey through the zodiac uh, and the beginning of the sun's journey through the, uh, a new cycle of going through the zodiac. Because Pisces is actually the last sign in the zodiac and Aries is the, um, the new sign, the first sign of the zodiac. So it's uh, also a, a new journey for the sun in Western astrology anyway, um, not necessarily in astronomy, but in Western astrology, it is a New journey for the sun through the uh, the the, um, the zodiac there. So yeah, it's it's another new 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 and new year and finally the last of the new year. So I think after the spring equinox, we can firmly say in every way and in every culture and in every celebration, the new year has finally <laughs> arrived in every way. Um, but in some of those ancient cultures, uh, the the um, the earth and the energies of the earth uh, and, and, and so much of, of, of creation and the divine was represented not only by male and masculine energy but also by divine feminine energy and so um, there are aspects of the divine feminine uh, depending upon which culture you're looking at uh, that uh, repre- got represented through different goddesses that were understood through those cultures so um, the in for example um, Persephone is considered to be one of the uh, goddesses associated with um, the spring equinox and the spring time um, because she spent part of the year in the lower world and um, thus she has become an ancient symbol of the vegetation shooting forth from the earth and the, the, the power of the springing forth or the rising forth from the earth of bringing life again uh, to the earth and um, so that is uh, one of the ways that the um, one of the divine feminine representations associated with the spring and that is through the goddess of Persephone and um, then in um, Anglo-Saxon tradition, the ancient Anglo-Saxon tradition, uh, the Anglo-Saxon goddess of spring is known as Ostara and in fact um, Ostara is even the name still today celebrated by many of the spring equinox Um, and the symbols associated with the goddess Ostara, who is a fertility goddess, have been adopted as the symbols of spring, and especially the um, symbols and the energies associated with um, the uh, high Christian holy day that comes uh, after the spring equinox shortly after the spring equinox is when it's celebrated that we call Easter Um, in fact Ostara uh, the name Easter um, has gotten its name from uh, the the goddess Ostara and a lot of the symbols associated with Easter from the goddess Ostara who again is a fertility goddess associated 
associated with the spring equinox. Um, so just to say a few things there about her symbols, um, you know, symbols of budding flowers, uh, spring flowers, of course, but also eggs, brightly colored eggs, um, eggs, uh, Easter eggs have become uh, kind of a representation of this uh, chocolate, uh, colorful items uh, as well, and um, rabbits, uh, bunnies, and, and the hare, the, especially the hare, is uh, sacred to her, the rabbit known as the hare. Um, so the Easter bunny, the uh, I'll talk more about this in the next time because Easter will be coming, but it's good to know because she's associated with the spring. Uh, the, the goddess Ostara is associated with the spring and the spring equinox, and that's where Easter has come from, and that's where these symbols of spring actually come from um, as well. So when I was talking about making uh, an altar for spring, then I'm suggesting that um, you make put some of these uh, items on it and not wait until uh, Eastern time to do it. And you could add more as time goes along, or you could wait till the spring equinox to do it, or you could just uh, add, a, add a couple items now for the spring altar and then uh, begin to add more and more at the time of the spring equinox and add more and more as, as, as Easter comes or, or approaches, etc. cetera. Uh, so it's up to you. It's just something that I'm in, <clears throat> encouraging and uh, giving an idea of as to how to honor and create something even in your home, sacred in your home, uh, sacred space in your home to align with these energies of the sacred time happening and occurring. So those are the, um, the main things happening as far as astronomical, astrological, and uh, cosmological influences. Uh, like I said, there are a few other things that I do want to point out um, to share with you that's happening. Uh, in addition, in the Christian calendar, uh, sacred time within the Christian calendar, the beginning of Ash Wednesday is going to be happening. Um, Ash Wednesday is going to be the beginning of Lent, uh, and that's happening on March the 5th, and that is a uh, 40 40 plus day, uh, it's actually 46 days um, celebration of um, preparation uh, for Lent and it's a time of uh, prayer and fasting and, and meditation and contemplation uh, for the preparation of Easter. So Ash Wednesday is going to be on March the 5th and will be the first day of Lent. Uh, bringing in that Christian sacred time of preparing oneself for Easter. And so it's part of the whole Christian celebration of these energies and um, working with these energies that I've been talking about and, and describing. Uh, and then there's a few things that I wanted to mention that are, are of important uh, in the uh, Gregorian uh, calendar, so to speak, not necessarily associated with sacred time, uh, but uh, I, I I felt they were worthy enough of, of mentioning here. Um, one is the International Women's Day which is on March the 8th. It is a celebration of women worldwide and uh, the empowerment of women and the empowerment of the feminine worldwide. Uh, so that's happening on March the 8th, and um, I plan on participating in that in some way. And uh, I feel that it's a very important thing that I teach about on a regular basis um, through some of my workshops that I lead, um, as well as through some of the teleclasses and teleconferences that I give uh, as a 
spiritual teacher for I'm an interfaith minister and I work with a lot of women and work with a lot of women on women's empowerment and so um, this is a, a good day to kind of focus everybody's energies on that um, even though it's a, a day that it's not necessarily associated with any powerful sacred uh, time energies uh, but it is um, I think sacred anytime we honor women and then um, another thing that is happening in Gregorian calendar the man-made calendar system is on March the 22nd is World Water Day and this is uh, something that was created by the United Nations uh, World Water Day and so anytime we can create a day to honor the earth um, and to honor the elements of the earth and to try to bring awareness about how important they are, how important it is for us to um, protect and preserve and conserve the waters of the earth and to um, just bring our awareness uh, to the waters and the waters of the earth uh, is an important day to me. So um, I'll be celebrating that day in whatever way that I can, participating and helping to raise awareness about that and raising awareness about uh, water and um, the waters of the earth. So um, might want to look up some more information if you're interested in either one of those, International Women's Day on March the 8th and World Water Day um, from the United Nations on March the 22nd, uh, 2014. And then the last thing I'll say before I sign off is um, that daylight savings time for those uh, who experience that here in the U.S., uh, when the clock gets sprung forward, uh, Spring forward, fall back is the uh, little uh, saying to go by when trying to remember which way the clock is moving. Uh, daylight savings time is actually very early, beginning act very early this year, um, and it will be um, on March the 9th uh, that daylight savings time begins. So remember everybody on daylight savings time, uh, March the 9th, uh, to spring forward uh, the clocks by one hour um, for those of you who do that here in the United States. Um, here in Hawaii, we don't do that, and uh, so it won't be affecting my timing at all, but it does affect uh, many, many, many millions of people throughout the United States to that change in daylight savings time. And... Um, it is going to uh, increase the uh, the length of what you feel anyway. It doesn't actually change how much light is coming through, but you feel like the days are a little bit longer, like the days are lighter um, as a result of that change. Um, and it's something that is um, uh, different in the Gregorian calendar every year as to what, what that's happening. Uh, I just would like to emphasize to people that uh, the changing of that way, the way that the man-made calendar system works the Gregorian calendar it is off balance um, with the cycles of nature and it puts our natural rhythms out of balance with the rhythms of nature so you really have to work to balance your rhythms uh, with nature and you really have to work un unlike the ancient calendar systems which they just automatically balance your rhythms with nature um, and so especially when a, a change like this is made it can Put, throw off the um, circadian rhythms of the body and so it's good to uh, learn about things that are good for the circadian rhythms and how to balance circadian rhythms make sure you get a little extra sleep drink plenty of water spend some time in nature um, you know do some breath work uh, in addition to 
regular types of meditation. Make sure you're doing some, some breath work to align your rhythms um, and to realign the circadian rhythms um, and get some sunlight exposure, those types of things. Uh, but you can read and learn more about circadian rhythms, and I, I always find that people who are interested in any of the information that I talk about here in the podcast um, would be interested in learning more about the circadian rhythms of your body because uh, why is sacred time important? Because the movements of the sun, the moon, the stars, the earth, they all affect your body's biorhythms. Your biorhythms are set on those things. Um, we may live uh, and schedule ourselves according to a man-made clock, but our bodies um, and our spirits, uh, and um, thus accordingly everything else that's interconnected, our bodies and our spirits uh, run on these uh, other rhythms. Um, the biorhythms run on the rhythms set to the clock of um, natural time of the stars and the moon and the sun and the earth, and so does the rhythms of our spirit. So with that, I will say um, uh, that I want to thank everybody for listening to this podcast, and I'll be bringing it to a, a close and a completion. Um, and just want to invite everybody to listen again. It will be the, another one will be posted um, on iTunes on the next new moon, uh, which will again be coming up at the end of March, and um, it will also be posted on my website at AnnaJonesOnline.com. Thank you so much. Aloha.